0: Well, there we go, kicking off the show with our old familiar theme song, Love to Change the World, Don't Know What to Do. Alvin Lee didn't decades ago. We got our arms around it a little bit better these days. Can't defeat something if you don't know what it is. And that's the kind of things we discuss about here at the old radio ranch. Roger Sales, your host, People's Patriot Network our venue, and today's show being dated June the 24th, so we're into the last week of June. I looked at the calendar a minute ago, honest to goodness, and I was shocked that the 4th of July is next Thursday. Uh, So uh, we're moving right along briskly through 2019. Sure is shaping up. Hope you had a good weekend, wherever you are, whoever you are. And uh, maybe spent some quiet time, spent some family time, enjoyed yourself, relaxed a little bit. I guarantee you we're a bit more relaxed in a great number of ways than the average person out there who has no freaking idea what is going on in this world and everything's got them so confused because nothing makes sense because as Alice said, if I had a world of my own, Shane, everything would be what it is because everything would be what it isn't and what it is, it wouldn't be, you see? You see that, Shane? Uh Uh-oh, we got like communication problems here today. Shane, is that on your end or my end, buddy? I'm supposed to be like hearing you say something. And the machine hadn't been touched. Okay, well, let's hope it's not another one of these problem Mondays. Well, Shane, uh, no, 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 no he must have hung up. That's why he's not talking. Um, uh. No, it says that you're there. Now, Shane, is it something I've gotten wrong here or what? Huh. Ah, boy. Ah, there's Shane. Well, now he came in and he hung up. Okay. Well, oh, I you don't know, know what are All right. There comes our. There comes our irritating yeah. tones again. Yeah. You know, well, there you are, Shane. Where were you a minute ago?
1: Well, I, I. I was pushing strings and pushing buttons, and yeah, it's just pretty chaotic over here at the house. So. I turn them all off and I just focus focus in on one particular uh, line.
0: Okay. Well, it's really y- you know I'm I'm hypersensitive, Shane. I'm hypersensitive You're to right. these technological things. When all mm-hmm. of a sudden the thing doesn't act like it's supposed to, and I hadn't touched it for two days, you know that sort of thing. So I'm hypersensitive as to that. We've had some problems with that lately. I I think I've got an arm on how to. Uh, get around them, but it just hadn't executed yet, you know. I, knowledge without action isn't isn't too much, you know. And uh, so anyway, that freaked me out a little bit, Shane. But I hear you loud and clear now. Glad to have you on, and welcome. Awesome to the Monday show here, buddy. Did you have a good weekend? Yeehaw!
1: Oh yes. Have Yeehaw!
0: A Yeehaw! He mm-hmm. says. Okay. Well, listen. Mm-hmm. It's uh, of course it's Cyber Monday, and that's the kind of things we. Traditionally like to, you know, we kind of block the day uh, off for that, but yet w- that isn't hammered in stone and uh, we continue to be flexible around here and spontaneous too. And uh, I think John and Kathy will be with us here in the second half. I hadn't heard any different. and uh, But I kind of wanted to start out. First of all, I guess everybody knows that Bitcoin's right bumping right at 11,000 today. Uh, and it seems to me that when we were together on Friday it was around nine. So, so we've had a pretty good weekend in the Bitcoin circle. Um I uh, I'm finding out a lot of stuff about this carrot bars coin, Shane. And um I'm really excited about it. I, it it's just going to be a real blessing to many of us that got in, involved in this and have sat tight—not too long, you know. About—it's been about 12 months. They extended that ICO, if I remember correctly, all the way through some parts of June. He was still saying you can still do this, do this. So let's just say that it's 13 months. Okay, so 13 months since the ICO, Shane. It's up over a thousand percent. Yeehaw! That's pretty good. Yeehaw! I guess. And uh, and I had a a long conversation the other night, um, with uh, Pat Gamble, who's uh, my friend and an upline uh, that I met through carrot bars. Who's just a heck of a nice guy. Very much into this industry. Very professional. Very consummate kind of a guy. And uh, Pat was telling me because he's real plugged in on what's going on in the background here with Carrot Bar's coin. And, man, it's really exciting. <laughs> this thing's got a hell of a future, I'm going to tell you. Uh, and it's not only from my personal knowledge of the company for being involved with them for six years, but also seeing some of the other people that are coming to the party. I'll tell you one thing that was very impressive to me, Shane, uh, and I don't know this fellow, and I don't know his name because I'm just not that plugged in as to the industry of networking but this guy is evidently the top networking attorney in the world and he has signed up in carrot bars and said that he thinks it's the sleeping giant of the network industry. Now whether that's just fluff or uh, whatever I don't know but it's coming from a pretty uh, a pretty good source evidently and I can see why he would say that after having the conversation with uh, Pat the other night um and of course next thursday for anybody that there're not too many people that have the ability to right now because there's some restrictions on it but uh but as of next thursday good chris is calling in here see if we can get chris on with us chris you there buddy
2: Well, uh, good morning. Right
0: now, I am. Hey, man, you sound loud and clear. Listen, I was just talking about the carrot bar situation. I found out that convention is only for one day, and that's next Thursday, July the 4th. Now, evidently, there's going to be some people there ahead of time, and a few people probably hang out a day or two after, but but, uh, uh, the reason for it revolves around this gold freedom day. I think is what uh, Harold Seitz has n- named it, Gold Freedom Day will be July the 7th. And as of July the 7th, anyone that wants to go purchase, I guess you can go purchase them and do this too. Um, you can go purchase carrot Bar Coins. It's on a number of exchanges, uh, uh, 10, 12 more, I don't know, a bunch of them. I'm not too familiar with that part of this space yet. I'm going to get more familiar with with it here real quick. Um, but uh, it's on a number of exchanges. You can go out and purchase it. I think the coin right before the show popped down to eight nine. It's been up as high as nine eight. Uh, and um, you could go buy you a hundred KBC coins, and then go and find one of these. Uh, Carrot bar vending machines that you're going to start seeing placed all over the world and you're going to be able to go in and flap your coins in there and get a gram of gold
2: hmm that sounds like a pretty good idea well
0: it's uh, you know uh, uh, like I said again hats off to Harold Seitz he's a consummate promoter I have to hand him that Um, and one of the but you've got to go get them through this machine that dispenses them. Now, you'll be able to, uh, uh, I guess, do all kinds of stuff with your coins if you just wanted to be a customer and buy gold. Uh, you're going to be able to walk up to one of these KVC machines and uh, put some sort of payment method in and uh, receive 24 karat gold in the cash gold format. Hello. Chris, who's who's you ru- you're rubbing your microphone there, buddy.
2: Oh yeah, I may have had my paper in my hand you just, up against my phone. Y'all just—I I, mean—you
0: can't imagine how sensitive these these what, the audience could just hear that just from rubbing a little paper. So try and be cautious of that if you would. Uh, everybody that's uh, likes to call in and stuff, but. Um, so they've, they've taken, in case you didn't know, and this is the reason I got to go to Germany a couple years ago. I won a contest on this product, cash gold. And that was when they take a, a bill, uh, like a currency size bill and they put in the middle of it, it's nice, uh, little drawings and stuff on there. It says it's gold, what it is, all that kind of stuff. And then they put some sub size of a gram of gold in there. Uh, the ones that I've got that I picked up over on that trip to Germany are tenths. I think now they've got tenths, fourths, and sixths of a tenth of gram uh, of gold in there. And you go buy those things right out of this. Well, as we've talked about, I think down the line, this is going to be the only place the average guy can get his hands on gold unless he wants to go out and pick and shovel and pan in his backyard. Maybe get lucky, you know.
2: But I don't know about the carrot. Coins, but I do know about the carat bar gold, and that's one threes and five gram units they have available. some I was involved, it, no.
0: It, you're close though. It's one two and a half and five.
3: Two and now, a half and five. I subsequent to that, of
0: course, remember that they introduced a coin. They've got the world's only 24 karat gram coin that is available and they've just got all these products man i mean they have just really if you if you want to get an idea just go to the carrotbars.com that's with a k obviously carrotbars.com and look at the selection of different types of gold you can purchase through them these days i mean it's astounding now this morning another thing that's coming along with all this and i guess there's a number of companies doing this because bitclub network's doing it too Um. They've got their own phone out and it's available for purchase and it is evidently, it's claimed to be the world's only, O-N-L-Y, only dual blockchain phone. And you get the phone, it costs six coins a month, I think, and $6 a month something and you get totally private encrypted end-to-end conversation through the dual blockchain. Also, it's got, you know, wallets and all that stuff right in this phone. I, I just saw, in fact, I think I sent you an email on this, what Pat sent me uh, that I received yesterday on it. Very impressive, okay? Um, and in in the six years I've been associated with Carrot Bars, it's a little over six years now, uh, I... Uh, the company is just spotless and beyond reproach when it comes to professionalism, doing what they say they're going to do, coming with whatever it is they come with is always classy and professional and well presented, and something that, honestly, this is one of those things rare in this time of our lives, Chris, of a company that you're proud to be associated with. Okay? And I say that from the bottom of my heart. And, uh, uh, so I'm tickled to death with the uh, position here um, and with the way the future looks and the way they're attacking this. So, Chris, you're going to be able to get to go out there and hang out if you want to, I think, although the tickets, they're charging tickets to get into the little thing, and they're, they're about 150 apiece. So, uh, mm. but what I think I can do uh. in your particular as Chris, how is it that all of your situations are so
2: unique? Uh, well, I suppose when you have a uh a, a mission, uh service to perform, that you set your part set yourself apart. You may have been chosen, elected, selected, and uh, I guess I Tell me why, I don't know, but I guess I have been because it certainly seems that I am certainly an anomaly, schizotypical, atypical, not usual, and I'm getting special attention.
0: Well, they say all of God's children are unique.
2: Hmm. And well, I'm not a eunuch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we no, no, Dance, and, Dance and Chris would not be the eunuch guy uh and uh it's just interesting and of course chris has got a very unusual situation with carrot bars uh and uh chris is just as good that i didn't sign under you back away with six and a half years ago whatever because she has stolen it uh but he has an unusual situation i'll put you in touch with somebody out there you might can sit down with okay
2: that would be my pleasure. I look very forward to it. Do we? Did you send me some info on where this uh, soiree is being held?
0: I really don't know which one of the glorious establishments there in Clark County that it, the venue is, is scheduled for, but I'll be able to find out.
2: Well, if I find out, I'll probably show up. Okay,
0: ticket or not. Uh so let's see what else. So that's uh, that's very exciting to me. Um. You know, uh, one of the problems I've had last year has been cash flow, okay? And it just crunched on me, and then the accident, and then the insurance company went out of bankrupt, and all that sequential uh, series of events. There. Hey,
2: hey, uh, uh, off the sunscreen, uh, the sunshield, the uh, eve, whatever it was.
0: Yeah, well, whatever. I, I'm pulling back through that because back then, Knowing and what i know i i backed i put up my hands on every spare penny that I could get' them on, and threw it at this carrot bars deal and it uh, appears it's going to pan out real nicely, and I know several of our other listeners backed up the truck to some extent on it, and I think we're all very pleased and quite excited about the future i mean listen that coin. That, just think, that you could get into something for under a penny that's going to end up, and I promise you it's going to end up in the 3 to $5 range, and it may be sooner than later. Okay, so we'll see. As this whole financial thing implodes and the gold man- mania and the manias start and all that kind of stuff, it's going to be fun to just uh, – uh, unfasten the seat belt or fasten it up. I guess even with the second, with one of those shoulder straps. You know, maybe you got the seat belt on now, but you put a shoulder strap on then, and uh, it's going to get to be an exciting ride. Um, to deviate away from the financial stuff just a little bit here, uh, something caught my eye over the weekend. Just been a absolute plethora. You know how how those are, Chris, when you got a plethora. We've had an absolute plethora of news stories and things happening, uh, and it was amazing to me how many articles went through Zero Hedge yesterday or over the weekend. One of them I glommed onto here. You see, I'm at the bottom, and I don't want to lose my place. The Lessons of Rome, Chris and Shane. I don't Did you, you probably didn't. You were out dancing or something, Chris. The Lessons of Rome, colon, our neo-feudal oligarchy. That was the title. Uh, Lessons of Rome, our neo-feudal oligarchy. And it lays out a bunch of stuff in the front part of the article there. It's over on Zero Hedge. You're probably on the second or third page by now. But I had a, I wanted to read the last part of it because it's kind of interesting. Okay? Especially to us. Uh, Neo-feudalism is not a rerun of feudalism. It's Mm -hmm. a a new and improved state corporate version of indentured servitude. Now, this is how accurate the guy is, okay? Because really it is, what he doesn't know is that it's voluntary indentured servitude, okay? But outside of... (laughs) But outside of sticking that word voluntary in there, I mean, that first sentence is pretty right on. Neo-feudalism is not a a rerun of feudalism. It's a new and improved state corporate version of voluntary servitude. Let's put the right word in there for him. Chris, you were going to say something?
2: I think it's more accurately quasi-voluntary since they use deception and trickery and Artifice schemes and devices well, to dupe you into that's, volunteering. That's true. Well, the answer is there's fraud involved,
0: okay? Yes, it's voluntary servitude and it's based on fraud. That's the answer, all right? Uh, so, uh, uh, and of course, but they have got plausible deniability, do they not? Well, hell, man, I ask you your whole damn life what you were and you keep telling me you're this. What else am I supposed to think? that's their plausible deniability their little their little wrinkle on you know how the it's just like they like to sit up with all that piety you know they just love to be yeah, they, pious uh-huh. the bastards so anyway uh, uh, that's the first sentence there's a couple of paragraphs here it's not too long but I thought it was really interesting so I wanted to read it out the first of the show today um, and I'll uh, again for repetition's sake stick that first sentence in your face neo feudalism and continuity too. Neo-feudalism is not a rerun of feudalism. It's a new and improved state corporate version of voluntary servitude of the old feudalism. The process of devolving from central political power to feudalism required the erosion of peasants' rights to own productive assets, which is an agrarian economy Meant ownership of land. Ownership of land was replaced with various obligations to the local feudal lord or monastery. Free labor for time periods ranging from a few days to months, a share of one's grain harvest, uh, and I would add in here to defend the manor if it was attacked, uh, etc., etc. The other, those duties. The other key dynamic of feudalism was the removal of the peasantry from the public sphere. In the pre-feudal era, for example, the reign of Charlemagne, peasants could still attend public councils and make their voices heard, just like today. And there was a rough system of justice in which peasants could petition authorities for redress announcers', hmm. announcer's input, just like today. I, uh, oh. Input
2: from this end. Well, yeah, let I me think f- you could use the, Well, go ahead. Really?
0: I' just got let me finish, and then we can discuss it, OK? Because otherwise you lose your, okay. you, uh, you lose your continuity here. For the capitalist perspective, from excuse me, from the capitalist perspective Feudalism restricted serfs' access to cash markets where they could sell their labor or their harvests. The key feature of capitalism isn't just markets. It's unrestricted ownership of productive assets, land, tools, workshops, and the social capital of skills, networks, and trading associations, guilds, etc., our system is neo-feudal because the non-elites have no real value in the public sphere. And ownership of a productive capital is indirectly suppressed by the state corporate duopoly, the fascist state corporate duopoly. Our society has a legal structure of self-rule and ownership of capital, but in reality, it is neo-feudal oligarchy. Okay, Chris. Well, I was
2: going to ask. Com- front Did and center. You- Comment now. Well, one, you could reasonably insert populist uh, for the public, or whatever else they would call them, the serfs, the slaves. Uh, that's the populace today, the non governmental self deemed elites and corporate oligarchs. And capitalism is truly headhunting from the etymology of the word. Uh, well, all isms lead communism.
0: <laughs> yes, and we've talked on here many times, and I keep hearing, I see, you know, people who are highly respected and achieve great levels in the in the system in their particular field and they get up there and talk about capitalism and we don't have capitalism, okay? We don't have capitalism because you can't have true capitalism without an honest monetary supply, without an honest means of conveying those markets and touching them. If, uh, and not only have they corrupted the means uh, of, uh, of currency, but they've <laughs> corrupted and controlled the damn markets on top of that.
2: Well, not only that, when you understand they're really engaging in human trafficking on a global slave trade basis, it becomes even clearer what's going on. And
0: that is exactly what they are. They're history slavers. They've been doing it since the uh, earliest days of Rome. The slave traders, folks, were the same people in Rome. Okay? They progressed. Should I drag out the David Duke... Uh, David Duke, History of Jewish Involvement in Slavery and play that sometime this week for those who haven't heard that. I mean, it's historical. I just mentioned in that article a great guy. History is, at least, uh, seems to have anointed him so, and that would have been a guy named Charlemagne. Please do. Well, I'm just saying, Charlemagne. Mm -hmm. You know. So, uh, well, here's a little piece of good news now. This is on more of the financial front because I just popped over to Kitco and refreshed. And gold has topped 1415 bucks. And it looks here in the middle of the day, which is unusual for it to spike, for them to let it spike, that gold is spiking straight up. It went from 1410 to 1416 I mean straight up. move in the middle of the day on Monday, that's highly unusual, okay? I thought this is going to be a pretty volatile week in these markets, I think, Um, and and, uh, boy, just get ready, folks. It's a while right ahead. We've been talking about this for years. You know, we're so far, damn far ahead of the curve here, it's ridiculous. You're so far ahead of the curve that you wonder at times if you've made the right decision. And that's when you go back and look at these <laughs> fundamentals and say, well, if this happens because every, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Okay? And if I this a, is going this way good. and this happens over here, the repercussions have got to be over here. All right. And that you, you just keep all the fluff and all of their magic tricks and all of their distractions off the radar, and you keep looking at those fundamentals. Don't take my word for anything. You go study them. Okay. I mean, I want us all to pull, I want our people to pull themselves out of this morass, this financial morass that they've got our Patriot asses in. Yes, Chris.
2: Well, I've got a friend over in California in Shane's area of the world who is a really stabby individual. He's much like myself. He's been targeted. They're warring against him, trying to destroy him completely. Uh, his psychopathic brother killed his, uh, actually uh, drove his other brother to suicide by looting his estate. And my friend also has some deep experience in working in the exchange trading programs and some algorithms he's developed that prove out and these are high level stuff he was making big big money of course the same uh, psychopath brother that stole his stuff uh, who's keeping him from seeing his mother in florida is also stole his money you know every little money he gets coming in ten thousand or whatever else they'll steal it and he's a guy that designed missile systems and all kinds of high-tech stuff so he's a a pretty savvy individual, but he is under immense attack, much like myself. This war against the people, in of ex parte, Milligan, one would observe, uh, against the civilian people, the non-combatant people, not civilians, because civilists, uh, just civilists, just we the people, the common people, warring against them by these corporate terrorists and revolutionaries that have seditiously undermined the government of the United States. The Barkhans and their ilk, the bond kings, the Corban kings, this group of self-deemed elites, obviously are psychopathic in nature.
0: Yes, they're obviously tribal psych- psych- psychosis. Okay? And I- I've thought about this a whole lot. How, where does this come from? You know, honestly and uh, back to that hmm. training and the fact that they were well, here comes Cody going to join us here they were so ashamed of their religion hey Cody could you stick your mute on please hey good morning morning uh they were so ashamed of their religion remember that jesus called it the uh uh the of the elders oh, what the, what was the phrase he used um But this law, because it was passed down from father to son only orally, they were so ashamed of it, they didn't want it written down and they didn't write it down until they put it in the, uh, what is it? The Sunoco version of the Talmud. I believe the Sunoco version of the Talmud was the first time these oral traditions, okay? Uh, The the, uh, uh, the. secrets of the elders What it, uh, why does that phrase uh, escape me anyway you know what I'm talking about and it wasn't written White down no 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 it was, uh, wasn't was written down until 500 years after they crucified him Okay. that's how proud they are of it well obviously something's going on there and somebody knows something or else they wouldn't be scared to write it down where people could read it and now that we can read it we damn well understand why don't we hey cody how you doing buddy? What's on your mind this morning
1: Oh not too bad um I, I kind of lost my train of thought there i was I guess one thing is you're talking about uh, people being targeted there was, Ted Nugent today on Facebook had uh, was it, was it, what was his name let me look here real quick stockman yeah representative
0: uh david stockman uh, david Steve stockman who
1: Steve stockman um mm-hmm. I guess, was targeted by the federal government because he was complaining about Lois Lerner and some other deep state situations, and he got 10 years in prison. Something to do with, uh, I guess, money received for a non-profit, 950000 that they're claiming he did fraud or something with. But it, with I, I just read a little quick uh, uh, friend of the court brief on it, and... Uh, it sounded, you know, like for example, use some of the money to do advertising. And said, "Well, that's that's all normal, you know, for a nonprofit." So there's some kind of funny, funny stuff going on. Is it? Is it you? you, know, you know, Steve? They're, they're targeting I,
0: is this Stockman? Well, Stockman? If it's the one I'm thinking of, was the head of Office of Management and Budget or something? A real big deal back under Reagan. So he's been around for a long you know, time. No,
1: this, this is this is under Obama, I think. Uh, a new friend of the court brief asking that the conviction of former Rep. Steve Stock would be thrown out has been submitted by the American.
0: Okay, well, he's a farmer.
1: advertising. Let me pull over here. He's a cor- he's a, a farmer. That's okay.
0: Well, it, this isn't really in our valley wick so much, but uh, it sounds like he's a former representative, and he stepped on somebody's toes, and they've come after him. Or he's got something that they yeah, want.
1: Texas congressman, because he promises to go after the deep. state. are just something Chris was talking about. Um, he was convicted for misusing funds donated to nonprofit he works with. Account related to two checks from two donors for ninety-five or nine thousand five hundred and or nine. Nine hundred thousand. Well, you you 50, 000, know, 000.
0: obviously he's targeted because if they were going to go after people with their foundations, they'd have the Clintons hung right there across from the White House, dangling at the end of a rope right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, this just, is, I'm surprised these juries are so easily manipulated. I mean, do these people yeah, not well, have any kind of defense?
0: Uh you you know, Cody, you're real new to this, see, and you're you're in that shock stage still where you think (laughs) these things are unbelievable. Yeah. Okay? Because the saying and has been as long as I've been in this shooting match for thirty years, is that a prosecutor can go in front of a grand jury and indict a ham sandwich.
1: Well, yeah, but indictment is different than a conviction, though, too. You know. Well, a, so what the? the
0: end All right. A he a, a, a grand. He goes in front of a grand jury, which is secret testimony, and he goes in front of one of their fixed courts where there's people in there. What the hell's the difference?
1: Well, an open court's going to be. You know, you're you gotta, you're able to defend yourself. Grand jury, you can't defend no, yourself. Right? No, 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 no. Go ahead no, and tell no, him, you're...
0: Chris. Why don't you wake
2: this boy up He's a little bit? Wrong. And throw some cold because water in his no face. Defense. There is no defense in the grand jury inquisitorial process. No, he's it's an instrumentality of prosecution explicitly, that's, and the bar. That's
0: right, but he was saying in open court but because guy
1: guys already been sentenced to ten years. We're not talking about just indicted. He was so the, the jury found, you know, the actual trial jury found him guilty apparently.
2: I would look and see how many former police officers, relatives, you don't know. judges, uh, in laws and outlaws, and paid people are on that grand jury that rendered that so called uh, indictment to give them the verdict to uh, rule on that information that was probably unqualified, unsubstantiated, probably like the Russian dossier, a bunch of invented false facts to frame the blame on somebody they wanted to silence.
0: Cody, yeah. get get quit looking at all these events and go back and learn the basics on this stuff. You'll be much better off. Hey, Daryl, how you doing? Why don't you tell Cody? Oh, and I'm, uh, try, and te- try and explain to yeah. Cody to try and focus on learning the basics of this stuff, and then you'll understand all of it. You won't be surprised or outraged. Well, well
1: I'm, I'm uh, outraged the citizens aren't more... You know they don't stand
4: up on these juries more. That's unbelievable. Well, I, I believe that uh, you know Cody's interest is uh, admirable, and yeah, that, absolutely. Uh, you know he has. If if he's friends with Brent, he's probably strongly grounded in the Lord, and uh, I appreciate his outrage and his intensity and passion for it. And um, you know it's all a process, and. You know, I appreciate his. Uh, I appreciate it all. I really do. I've I've gone through uh, a dozen different. Promotions and <laughs> let me let me and, just uh, let me add and, here, Daryl. Yeah. I'm
0: going to interrupt because it's not that I don't appreciate it because I appreciate everybody that shows an interest here. But yeah. as being through this personally over many years, and one thing I've learned is to not get distracted with all that stuff and go back and really concentrate on the things oh, yeah. that really make a difference and matter in your future and your understanding of all of it instead of your outrage and amazement at it. If if you understand yeah. the basics, well, you'll yeah. understand why those things are happening and it'll take away some of that, okay? So I'm just trying it, to get it, people it really to does. focus. We don't yeah. have a lot of excess yeah. time now. We used to have a lot of excess yeah. time. We don't have it anymore.
4: Yeah. No, this is this is uh this is absolutely correct and and we're at a point where uh, you have to take uh, what I call actionable intelligence and uh, action actionable intelligence means actions and
3: uh, when you're sitting there the
4: closer you get to the edge the the more dramatic your uh, your changes or the the time period between you're aware of something and when you respond to it has been extremely cut down uh, you know Roger started on this uh, I don't know 25 30 years ago uh i i got into it um uh, emotionally over 20 years ago i knew something was was amiss so you know we're looking at you're looking at people that have been at this for so long and have accumulated so much uh evidence and facts yeah. that we have a different perspective our perspective is way different than somebody who's just becoming aware of it and and yeah. and like um, in any such combat situation, when you're attacked, or what you're sensing is you're feeling like there's an attack coming, and you're looking in all different directions, and you can't focus on where the main attack is coming from, and and so you know um, I could say here, uh, use the term collectively, this is a seasoned group of people that have uh, been through the the skirmishes. Uh, some of us still are and 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 so we have a different perspective so you know the old saying about your perspective is your reality perception is reality i say change your perception now only you can do that and and i would highly recommend you know like the bible says where there's counsel well brent's a great counsel that's why we all think so much of him and, and and this is a council, a council of almost, you could say, and I use the term with no disrespect, a council of elders. Uh, that doesn't mean we know everything. It just means that there is wisdom present.
1: It means we're and, all, means we're all uh, so damn you old. Need to,
4: you have to focus. You have to take – everybody has to either accept or uh, not accept that. But at that point, you, you can um, – it takes a little bit of a leap of faith particularly when you're new to take the words and the directions of others and focus on certain areas. And, uh, so I appreciate that that too. And and not everybody's going to come to it quick. And, uh, but I, I just wanted to make a couple comments. Uh, I hope I covered that, Roger. I, I just wanted to make a couple comments on what you said earlier about the neo feudalism. And and I agree. I read the article. I agreed with the import of most of it. Here's here's what he well here's what he misses. This is what most people are missing. Uh, really not getting it. Uh, even even in our our groups. Uh, this is mercantilism. The neo-feudalism is absolute mercantilism. Yep. What that guy was describing, what that guy was describing in his article was the dark ages. And the dark ages were dark because of the mer- uh, mercantilists. <laughs> the mercantilists, mercantilists made the dark ages happen and it was the Magna Carta in that time period going forward where there was a uh a, enough uh populous uh, popular uh people peoples that would stand up and and brought that back down and turned it back into what eventually became uh Adam Smith's uh, treatise on um on uh, the wealth of nations. Now at, so Adam Smith is, uh, is credited with the, the wealth of nations and the capitalist idea of production and efficiency, and return of return of investment. And and so that's classical economics. So then, if you look at what we have now, I say make this statement: we don't have capitalism because what they're calling capitalism now contradicts itself when it's based in debt all of adam smith's premises were based on standard money which was silver and gold coin and and real uh... tangible assets that's what capitalism and and economics classical economics was founded on every in every situation that you look around and you have to do that for yourself and you go well, what am I using here? If you're using debt-based currency, it's not capitalism. It is something else. Forget it. It ain't capitalism. So I just wanted to throw that out there, Roger. Yep. That yep. this gives somebody, yep. this gives everybody a foundation, a premise, a a locks a rock-solid rebuttal in their own minds and to everybody else that capitalism contradicts itself when it's founded in debt. End of story. Yep. Period. Yep. So. Um, I just wanted to draw that out uh, make it uh, you know hopefully that uh, I think to this crowd that'll make a lot of uh, sense
2: that was
1: something go ahead Cody that, that was something that I wanted to kind of bring up I was going to bring up Antifa you talk about capitalism really we don't have capitalism we do have fascism because of the definition of fascism is when the corporations are in bed with the government um Yeah, I noticed you know, Alex Jones tends to really uh, disparage the Antifa movement because of some of the drug addict types in it, but I wonder if they're not really on to something and educating people if they would do it properly. Well
4: Cody. Cody, we have two forms of fascism. There are two forms of fascism. This is how this is how sophisticated this is. Uh, you're told you're, to, you're told about fascism when it concerns uh, Franco and Mussolini, and uh, even uh, Adolf Hitler. Okay, and that that is that is sold as a government uh, fascism, with the with the government in the superior position, of that of that hybrid of government and corporate. What mercantilism is mercantilism, which is what you live under that's that's your actually your real existence. the law of the land regrettably is mercantilism and and we have uh we have fascism, okay well we have corporate fascism where uh corporations have melded with government, but they are in the superior position yep okay so you have you have Fascism, corporate, corporate ascendancy, corporate superior. This is a, this is this this in there uh, is the neo-feudalist aspect. So if you're living in a mercantilist system, uh, I, I know Roger knows the answer to this question. I'm not playing stump the chump. So what form of law are you under if you're in mercantilism? Well, it 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 has it it sounds similar to the babylonian chant ucc ucc and and that's mm-hmm. why if you're fighting them in their particulars in common law in Admiralty in equity in maritime in in uh, in any of these other aspects and you you are trying to defend yourself in in these in these venues in those jurisdictions you're going to get rolled <laughs> okay I really, I'm really uh, coming to terms with this, understanding that uh, some of our individual solutions are not based in in these in these venues and jurisdictions. There uh Totally out, to the UCC.
0: totally yeah. outside of that. You want to talk about this representative? He, I guarantee you, he was a resident. He was a representative, and he deserved to be tried. If he did those crimes, he deserves to be tried in the menorah court system, which is what those courts are, Cody. You think they're courts of common law? That's what yeah. you're imputing here, and they're not. Okay.
1: Well, no, it it sounds like that he really, that they misappropriated the the law. It it was kind of complicated. We'd have to read through it.
5: Remember.
4: uh, Well, in
1: 1868, Cody, 1868
4: that happened.
0: That you know that uh, Cody, you know what my struggle has been. Doug has joined us, and I I, I want to recognize him here. But let's continue. You know what my big obstacle has been, Cody, is to take this extremely complex information and go in that, is, that people's minds are conditioned against and find the people that see it and help to educate them as quickly as possible and uptake as much of the information and control it to some extent personally as quickly as possible. Do you know how damn difficult that is? Oh, yeah,
1: I'm here.
0: Okay. So that's why that's why I try and take all of this with you especially and and get you down to a core where you start getting the basics here because as our mutual friend Brent said one time on the air here, when you learn the basics, anything
1: is easy. So so what is the point of mercantilism if you how do you get out of it then? You're saying by by claiming that you're not a, a citizen.
0: You know where you, you just, know where. You, well, hold it. You know where mercantilism came from and what it is, Cody. First of all,
1: where is that? I don't know. Is that the Babylonian system? I, I, no, it came the, out of Europe like the after you the did.
0: fall of the Roman Empire. And what would happen is one one city would have people that specialized in making shoes. And they made real good shoes and they made a bunch of them and they could make them a little cheaper. And they'd go over to the other city 50 miles down the road that maybe had a shoemaker there and they'd start undercutting Mm -hmm. his his local shoemaking by bringing in these shoes and selling them in that city.
2: Mm -hmm. If I might, it's a Go ahead. What I was going to observe, when you listen to the word Mercantileism or mercantileism, it's really a form of war. Merc is mercenaries. That's the shortage for it. And when we look at most of these legal terms of the Roman cult church, they all have war aspects to them canon law, admiralty law, law of the sea, the UCC, the Universal Canaanite War Code, Communist War Code. This is exactly what we're dealing with here. This is a form of war by, they call it lawfare, but it's lawless lawfare, where they really roll over everybody because they're one big warring mercenary army, the bar, posing as compartmentalized separated facets when they really are part of the same mob or gang, if you will. The cabal, the assembly of the worshippers of Baal, the archons. And this demon group, has basically seditiously undermined and inspired to to destroy the republic, and they've done a damn fine job of it because we're under their bar control. Their private legal stuff applied for public purposes posed as law, posed as rights, civil rights, but they're actually privileges that can be revoked any time they want to because property slaves don't have any rights.
1: Uh Cody, so, Chris, on, so what what, what yeah. issues have you have you had trying to assert your rights Have you tried to say that you're yeah. sovereign and they just they try to roll you or what what's been the issue with you?
0: Holy smokes. You just opened up a can well, of worms. I,
1: well, I, yeah, I can't. in general
0: <laughs> No, don't don't because we don't have the time to go into all the background. But Chris's life's <laughs> been a nightmare for at least 2 or 3 years and maybe a little longer than that
1: because
0: he questioned
1: their authority I mean what, what he, sets them
0: off? To- Chris knows too much and he didn't have all this other knowledge that we have and have these documents filed with the head people and he, he basically at some point he urinated in somebody's Cheerios and somebody has it out for him and everything it seems to me that's happened in the last few years boils down to that fact right there and i think it's because chris is too good a guy he knows too much he comes from within their system don't forget in his training and he asserts himself
1: mm-hmm.
0: but the problem chris oh, no. the problem what? the problem chris has had in my opinion cody is he didn't know what we know and he didn't have that document filed with the Secretary of State of the United States and he couldn't bang him over the head with that. And he tried to challenge jurisdiction like everybody in our whole patriot community has always done from the bottom up and you're just not going to succeed that way. The system is designed to defeat you and it does a damn good job of it.
1: Okay until you prove that
0: you're not a citizen huh? go, go you got to go back to that 1835 oh. court case from the Supreme Court what really matters is whatever documentation the Secretary of State has in his possession if admissible in a court of law should be the higher and better evidence that's what it D- says that's what it says from almost almost 200 years ago
4: yes daryl well,
1: for the you for the purposes
4: for the for the purposes of of completing one uh thought before we we get scattered into other ones here uh for cody uh i will um, if uh, if I'm connected to his email by some means, I will send him a pdf file that he can read it's fifty pages. And at the end of that, you have been given a lesson, a grounded lesson in the fundamentals, uh, uh, at a very high level, by the way, of what mercantilism, great. the law merchant, is. So at that point, well, that thing we don't that... have to play. We, w- yeah, we don't have to play. You know, uh, a thousand questions and do it piecemeal. Yeah. You can, you, uh, I'll send you something. Yep. You can read it. After you've read it, you have a basis of uh asking uh not, not it's not that your questions are bad. It's just they're not founded they're not founded in basis in, in, in the uh, foundations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh,
1: let, let me ask you something though. what I was thinking about this whole Antifa thing, you know, they just had that double jeopardy ruling the other day with the Supreme Court. They're doing everything that's right. it wasn't
0: double jeopardy. Sorry. Yeah,
1: it was. It was saying you don't no, have the right to double no. jeopardy well, to the federal, okay. federal government sovereign. What
0: is double jeopardy? It's when you're being tried for the same crime from the same source. He's being tried for a crime in two different sources. It's not double jeopardy.
4: Yeah, it's not. And and so this is part of this education, and and a, a deep education that Chris has and has taught me much. So. I, uh, you know, uh, ten years ago, I was pretty ignorant of, of, of vast amounts of information, and I had to do. I can't even can I can't even tell you the thousands of hours I've spent dedicated to studying, and and learning, uh, unlearning what I thought was true. And and actually learning what is true, and the the hard part about that is they try to hide from you the true aspects. Yeah. And so uh, this this is, you know, the the complicated, contradictory, and confusing aspect of this is that uh, you are rejecting your programming. <laughs> and you're, yeah. you're I admire that I appreciate that. You're this unsettling feeling in your mind and spirit and head is that. It's coming up against uh your programming and and uh, congratulations you are you are shedding your programming you um, we've put an anti-virus you've put an ant not we but you have decided to take an antivirus <laughs> and uh and, and this is this is this is a settling thing just understand that there is uh, everybody has to go through this process and uh some you know, some respond to it differently than others. Uh, I just really think it's great to, you know, I have to just remark again people that people would have the courage to actually step up to the plate, but there is a process to do this. This is an ad hoc, a little bit here, a little bit there, uh, throw this in and then mix it in with your previous programming. You have to, you, you pretty much have to uh, uh, try to, but come uh, at us from a very systematic, Cody, <laughs> Systematic point of view,
0: Cody. Yeah. Your freedom, yeah, but, but, your freedom is in learning this information. If you really want freedom, what
1: happens though, when you go to a court? You, you you're said, not Cody. They don't Chris. God,
0: almighty man! If Chris would have had his affidavit filed with the Secretary of State years ago, this wouldn't have happened to him. That's, that's what I'm history. saying. See, you, you keep asking these questions and you don't know the basics of the information that would answer your own questions.
1: Yeah. Well, one minute you say they're not lawless and the next minute it sounds like they're lawless. Well, the, well, well how, all right. Well,
0: you think that's lawless over this representative from Texas? Well, how? Because he's a piece of property that they own. How is it lawless?
1: Well, it's lawless because people didn't really consent to it. They they think that they, they claim that people have, but they, it's not like you're born, Cody, you're of an age to consent, and then you...
0: You really are their property. They have an ownership right in you. I
1: understand
0: that. No, I, I don't think... That, no. God almighty, how could you understand it and make that comment?
1: Because you didn't. I mean, if you don't, uh, if you're God-given rights, and you you should have to consent to any. He doesn't if you be a slave. You should have to consent. Well, to you it, should
0: yeah? have to, but there's Not fraud involved, and they've got it. a system in where you're born into it, and you've never told them yeah. otherwise up to the how many years has God given you? Forty-two.
1: About that, yeah.
0: Oh uh, well, you haven't told them otherwise yet, have you? No, not yet. Okay, well, what are they supposed to pursue? I, mean, I guess
1: indirectly. Indirectly, I bet I've told some of these inspectors and inspectors no, 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 have no, Fourth Amendment no, rights, but that they don't want to listen to No, it. They because, it,
0: because they're not the lord of the manor, and you've got to go to him to volunteer out of it and tell him you're out of it. They're not going to pay you one nickel's worth of attention. The same way the district court uh, don't pay any attention when these patriots raise these jurisdictional issues at the district court level.
1: Mm -hmm. What is your guys' understanding of these Antifa groups? What form of fascism are they really... It it seems like Alex Jones is all that just trying to disparage them as being drug addicts versus... Maybe they actually <laughs> I, do want to fight they, the fascism.
0: They're bad actors and I don't try and spend my time dealing with understanding them. I know who they are. I know the crap that they're spouting and they're generally funded by George Soros. What do I need to go and spend yeah. my precious time
2: thinking about those assholes for? They're so stupid. It, being, being paid by what? George Soros a, they're so stupid being cha- paid by Georgie Schwartz, they don't even realize they're doing fascist acts and calling themselves anti-fascists. They're yeah, really anti yeah. fascism because they're doing fascism.
1: Well, that's what I was thinking. If we could start to educate some of these people, then if they would actually switch, we could have a group of you know, the people fir- that no, you C- maybe appreciate it. Cody,
0: go back. Quick worrying about changing the world and worry about changing Cody.
1: Yeah. Well, no, you still—it's better to have a group of people, you know. Well, that's what—that's what we got you know, right if here. If he with you, you've got a group of people. Well, that's know. what we
0: got right here. You're—you're you're mixed up with them.
1: Yeah, well, we need an army, you know. No, there ain't going to be that's no army. We We're not oh, going
0: to yeah. fight them. We can't win. The Bible tells us, "Don't fight them. Come out of her, my people." That's what it tells us. You're not going to yeah, fight yeah, them and yeah, win, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You got to start concentrating on Cody and Cody's understandings and his desires to be free, so that Cody can be free and up on a position where he can defend it.
2: One of the usual suspects.
1: How are are you going to be free when they keep trying to disarm everybody? You know, oh, we're going to confiscate guns. And who and
0: and, and who do the confiscation laws apply to, Cody? Who do those confiscations... Well,
1: they'll, make it apply. they'll make it apply to everybody. They'll
0: mess with you if you don't have, you know... If you don't have an ahead affidavit ahead. on file with the Secretary of State and know your information and be able to defend it. Daryl, how much problems have you had defending your status there at the local gun shop, buddy? Tell Cody. Tell Cody, because he just don't want to hear.
1: Background check. I heard him say that the other day. He put National or whatever... But they still made him do a background check
0: with That's really, right. That's right. And the and he said sell it to him. What he didn't tell him is none of the regulations under Title 27 apply to him anymore, because they only apply to residents, Cody. So did it speed up getting the the
1: approval, Daryl,
0: then, because of that? Daryl, you still with us? Did he go off? He must have had a customer or something. No, what happened was, I'll speak for Daryl because I know the story. He'd been in there before. He'd been through background checks, buying arms before. This time he goes in and he's different. And he talks to the guys and then they go, no, man, they'll never sell you one. They won't sell you one. So he goes up, picks him out one. The guy gets on the guy with the FBI and he goes, this guy says he's a US national. And the FBI goes, wait a minute. And he looks down his list there and he says, yep, right here, sell it to him. Now, what oh, the okay. FBI didn't yeah, heard, tell him I was, well, hold on, hold on, Cody. What the FBI didn't tell him was that because all of the gun laws are under the Alcohol Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and that their only jurisdiction okay. is to residents, that's what he didn't tell him. And that's what he probably doesn't even know himself. Because theoretically,
1: once they they found that out, they didn't even do a background check on them because it doesn't apply.
0: That's correct.
1: In the compute, yeah, that's interesting. It's the same
0: reason that we've heard secondhand information back that on the background on your profile with the Department of State, once you file the affidavit, you're listed over under somewhere under diplomatic immunity, right below a courier. Now I don't know, I haven't seen that and I can't attest to it personally but that's the information we got from a fairly, it seems, reliable source and all of the actions in mm-hmm. the federal government against people seem to echo that very fact right there.
1: Huh.
0: Yeah, Cody, go back so and learn the basics, amazing. Cody. go Because this is a process I you're to... I understand
1: gonna... the basics, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable that how this system is You cannot
0: let me you cannot learn the basics you cannot know them well enough. You cannot you know, know you them.
1: That all these all these titles that you've said don't you know they're worded only apply to what do or citizens go, well, or whatever. Cody, so if you're Go, you don't apply, you said.
0: Go, go go in the library and look. The code of federal regulations is in virtually even down to elementary school libraries. There's a whole big shelf of them. Go and pull every title and look on the first page and see their jurisdictional statement. Don't take my word for it. You see, you don't know this information until you've made it yours. Well, Roger said, somebody said. It's not what somebody said. It's what the information factually is. And the only way you can make it yours is for you to go look at it.
1: uh, There was an interesting constitutional lawyer this morning on, or I was watching a Levin episode from this weekend, and I think his name was Michael McConnell, and he was a Stanford professor, and he was, I think he's been in the Supreme Court 15 times, and they were talking about all these different subjects as, you know, well, you sent me,
0: I think it was you that sent me a very interesting Levin deal with a guy that was whaling yeah. against the administrative state. Is this the same one you're talking yeah, about?
1: Yeah, that was a separate one on Saturday, yeah. Um, I wanted one. to go back, favorite,
0: I and I've got this book, and I wanted to thank Daryl for finding this out. I, I actually opened it up and looked and read some of it this weekend when he sent it out, and it's this book he was talking to you about, Cody. And it's a little okay. uh, legal treaties book that's relatively short, but it goes back into the differences of all this. Let me see if I can find it here, uh, because uh, what I did is went back immediately through the contents and went back to uh, statute merchant statute merchant statute staple and where a lot of this stuff came from. There's a have you on my website, Cody. This is what y'all one thing you ought to do. On my website over there okay. on the right side, com, there is a scholar, okay. very scholarly, there's a couple of things you need to read over there. One of them is this, and it's how the Jewish Shetar invaded the English common law. And this isn't just some article. This was published in the Georgetown Law Review. Okay? And it's the whole history of this, how the tax system, how they got this, Instrument called the statute staple from the twelve eighty five, Cody is when this started, twelve eighty five, okay, and it's how that instrument got into the system and changed the system. And do you know what they call a statute staple contract today, Cody?
1: Is that the UCC?
0: How about a ten forty form?
1: Okay. (laughs) <laughs> the statute staple. So that was a taxing. That was a tax. It's
0: a it's okay. a merchant. Huh. It's a merchant contract that has specialty type attributes that they run in. Oh well, now hell here's John calling me all right, hold on, that they run in on you. Let's see if you can connect this way. Johnny, you see if you pop up there. It looks like you're gonna join us. Is a specialty type of contract from the Babylonian merchant code where they can literally do these things to you. So it appears as if they're unlawful, but they're not. They've got a legal peg they're hanging their hat on. You just don't understand it. Now, the other thing, Cody, while you're on that website, I'd suggest that you look over on the right and find a publication called Historical Jurisprudence. Historical Jurisprudence. And the first 90 pages are entitled The Babylonian Merchant Code. And I would highly advise that you read that because that is the Uniform Commercial Code. Okay. Hey John, welcome yeah, look, aboard, I'll buddy. But these are the things you got to understand, see? Uh, Babylon, do you know what Babylon's greatest contribution to the world was, Cody? No. It reduced everything in the society down to the abstract form of contract. Marriages, divorces, mortgages, loans, everything reduced down to contract. Now, when they went to sign the contract on the agreement back then in Babylon, they didn't have a sign under penalty of perjury thing called a jurat. So you know who would come in to bind the contractees to their signatures via their oath, Cody?
1: You mentioned it one day, I can't remember now. Who, the priests, who
0: the priests of the temple. When the first markets, we're talking about mercantilism here this morning. When the first markets appeared, guess who came in to set the prices for everything at the first markets? The priests of the temple. (laughs) Guess who the priests of the temple became? not sure. The international bankers that you're bitching about all the time. Hey John, how you doing? We're trying to oh, okay. we're trying to slit their throat here, Cody. That's what we try and do here. Hey John, he's got a pretty good way. Right. He's got a very very sharp double-edged dagger to slit their throats with. It's called Bitcoin. How you doing, John?
3: I'm doing pretty good and enjoying the conversation. Um <laughs> You know, the mask is really coming off that shows that we have two different statuses available, which, um, you know, I I just years and years ago, you wouldn't see this term at all. But, you know, the first place that I began to see the difference was on the TSA PreCheck website, where it talks about the the PreCheck program is available to U.S. citizens and U.S. nationals. You really need to see that. You know, they wouldn't say it that way if it wasn't different. And it just occurred in the Washington Examiner was a comment about a fellow who is a former um, uh, DOJ uh, uh, high-up official by the name of Morrell. Last name is Morrell. I don't have his first name. But what caught my eye in the article as I was reading it was a comment that he made uh, about this. It's about a sentence long. So uh, let me read this sentence, and you're going to pick up the key points as I do it. But uh, it's very important to note that the mask is out there and in people's face, they're just not getting it. So he says here on TV uh, in this interview, um, I see no problem with a Department of Justice review where the CIA and other intelligence community agencies lived up to their legal and regulatory responsibilities related to how they handle any information to U.S. persons. U.S. citizens and U.S. nationals, Morell told CBS News, where he is now a senior national security contributor. He's complaining because the Durham guys be giving access to Department of Justice and is going to go, go in and do a review, and this guy doesn't want anybody to talk to to uh, a More uh, uh, Durham or Dunham, whatever his name is. Um, it's Durham, and uh, the reason is is because the guy has prosecuted prosecutorial authority now if it was just an inquiry where they did not have prosecutorial authority he has no complaints but because this guy is a prosecutor and can prosecute them for anything anything he finds in the process um, just like uh, the, the thing they tried to pull on Trump he doesn't want it to happen but he made the point US citizens and US nationals So there is really a significant difference.
0: There's a huge difference is being a slave or being a free man and exactly. Cody I gotta you know Cody and you're just coming into this yes. and getting a drink of water out of a fire hydrant And man I understand where you are okay and that's why I'm trying to, to bring you along as quickly as possible but you gotta really understand that it ain't just a one minute next I'm gonna tell you something Roger's gonna tell me something and I'm all gonna all understand it this is a process and it's a re-education process on your part that you've gotta take the initiative and accomplish and as you re-educate let, let me, As you re educate yourself, the foundation will be laid where the answers that you seek will be given to you. Yes, yeah. what was your comment? Let, let me ask like my
1: wife, so she you know, got her citizenship in the United States. Are they going to kind of claim that she can't file one of those because nope, you know, her nope, citizenship nope, is contingent, nope,
0: contingent or anything? Nope, nope, nope. It says right there in the State Department document all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. It says in the 14th Amendment, all persons born or naturalized. Your wife is naturalized. She has the ability to do this.
1: Okay, I was thinking that they give you a citizenship, but they actually naturalize you. Okay. Well, that's what it is. It's a
0: naturalized citizenship. Now, this is interesting. In the researching the book, as Glenn was re editing it and rewriting much of it, you know how they used to naturalize people, John, Cody? No. no. Through the states.
1: Oh, oh I did right. hear that on this program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said the first hundred years, the states did it.
0: Yep. Why? Because they were the only yep. ones they could. The feds didn't have a citizenship to give them.
1: Right, they didn't have a citizenship, okay, right, yep. Okay. Uh, but they controlled immigration for the Constitution. There's it doesn't make, make any difference there. Hold
0: it, Cody, before the 14th Amendment, there was no federal citizenship. If you were not a state right. citizen, no, no, you no, couldn't that's... be a citizen of the country.
1: right. So, they control so she would have businesses.
0: gone back then, she would have come up here and gone to Louisiana and gone through and become naturalized in the state of Louisiana, and that would have made her a citizen of the United States of America. Let's drop the of America to differentiate the two. A citizen of the United States is a federal citizenship. A citizen of the United States of America is a national citizenship.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You guys are saying like, hey, you know, the the federal laws are not double jeopardy. But to me, you know, there shouldn't be two laws that are the same if that's the case. You know, there shouldn't be two drug laws. They claim they're not. They'll say, oh, one is selling drugs across state
3: lines. Do you understand
0: understand what's going on here? The deep state is trying to do anything against Trump, and they control the state of New York because most of them live up there. That's what's happening is a political battle that's manifesting itself. And for some reason, you can't understand that the federal government and the state of New York are different.
1: (laughs) Well, they're they're supposed to be. I mean, the whole point is.
0: Well, now, if they're supposed supposed to be different, Cody, if they're 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 supposed to be different, it wouldn't be double jeopardy.
1: Well, I don't think the federal yeah, but, government should be sovereign, per se, you know. That, that's what they're claiming. They're claiming the federal government is its own sovereign, but
0: well, I don't see how it's, it's sovereign
1: a, if it's a union.
0: Hey, Samuel, hey, how you Jill. doing? How you doing? Samuel joined us.
5: Hi, Roger.
0: Hey, Samuel. I have a for Cody. Okay, good.
5: Uh, Cody, do you think
1: your creator wants to free or slay? He wants us free. Probably slave to him, but I guess free to. But think he'd want us free.
0: Okay. That's all. Okay. You, you got a follow I'm up. Losing You got a follow up question, Samuel? <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> um. Listen, this is not, an for some people, and I don't know why the difference is, it's easier than others. But for me, this was very difficult, okay? And I had an easier time of it than a lot of the students that got thrown into this 30 years ago, okay? So, uh, but the only reason, Cody, that I came to understand it as well as I do is because I know those basics that R plus D equals R, what all that means, how it all interacts, how it all intersects and how one part affects the other part. I know it cold. Cold.
1: It's all pretty it's all pretty simple if the titles are referring it's, to you know, I'm going to tell you, pretty, learn, pretty if,
0: if you'll learn those basics of law, you can figure it out pretty simple, and you're exactly right. Go to YouTube for any of you out there. Go and do the search thing on the science of law and listen to that video over and over and over again until you get it in your mind and you have control of it. That's where you start. That's where you start. You know, that information that's on that t- tape, Cody, is not taught virtually in one law school in the country? Not one.
1: Yeah.
0: I'd never heard of that myself. What is that, Roger? The Science of Law. John, it's one of those shows I did back when we first started. And. And and I'm passionate about this because I understand how powerful it is. And I did a, a real impassioned show and somebody stuck it up on the internet. I didn't put it up there. But it's up on YouTube? I, yes. I've had people call into the show that stumbled on it through YouTube that came out and searched me out because they'd been listening to that. Wow. Okay, Pat Chris, our own Chris Cave. What? Well, finally, about a month or two ago, he comes on here one Monday. And says, Roger, I went and listened to that tape this weekend, and I can't believe everything that's in there and the way you delivered it. Okay, it, I, it's a it's a heck of a resource. I really encourage y'all. That's where the real understanding is, because then you understand the word person. You understand the concept of remedies. You understand all these different concepts that you can go through their stuff like crap through a goose if you understand it.
3: Well, I always said that uh, those early shows <clears throat> that you did with that that uh, that team that uncle and niece that I finally found and sent over to uh, you know your your archivist there was were very succinct.
0: Well, that's because Those it was threes. all, you know, that's because this stuff, that's the only way I used to know to teach this, Cody, was to teach it from the bottom up. That's been my struggle. And the problem with that is that you you can do it. It can be done, but it takes three hours of somebody's undivided attention for you to get the basics so you can understand the rest of it. And you're not gonna hold a majority of people through three hours of that.
1: To tell people, hey, you don't have to be a citizen and fall under all the laws that only apply to citizens. You can a
3: national. <laughs> no, you don't just tell people that because they laugh in your face. They go, you they, go try and tell.
0: Wait. You start going and trying to tell people this stuff, Cody. You see what people's oh, reactions I are. I mean, you see that's the battle that we're fighting is that you're enslaved in your mind. You're enslaved. Your chains are between your ears. Roger. Yeah. Yes. Uh,
5: Genesis Genesis says take dominion, and Jesus said sell your cloak and buy a sword.
0: There you go. Well, those are good suggestions. You might... No. You might try and loan out your sword and and go buy some Bitcoin, which just went no over a, just went over eleven thousand a minute ago. By the way, John. Uh, John was
1: absolutely right a, a week or two ago when he said that there must be some billionaires that are going to buy up. Well, a big chunk of Bitcoin because it's really gone up. You know
0: what? The, this time the big difference is the institutions are in it now. They weren't before. Well, there's
3: more than well,
0: that.
1: J.P. Morgan's point. been in it for over a year, a couple of years. Yeah, but I'm talking about the. Been...
0: You are, you Cody one day in December of 2017. Daryl, we were having this program, and Daryl called in in the first 30 minutes of the show. Bitcoin went from 11,000 t- to almost 20. The institutions were not behind that.
3: They are now. Well, there's more. I mean, you've got the scammers coming back in right now because sure. the price is going the up. The price of the Bitcoin's going way up. Uh, you have other people that are waking up and beginning to adopt. Uh, the large guys have been in it for a long time, um, but you know, if you follow Bull and what he's been doing, you know, he's been hitting these targets uh, really right on. And um, he, what he's saying now is is that we're to expect some very high volatility uh, through the month of July. Who? The end of this month. Who, Bull? Bo. Oh, Bo, 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 Bo. Right. If you go listen to his latest uh, video that he's got out on his, on his site, he describes the whole process. And, and uh takes about 19 minutes to listen to it, of what he expects to come. But there's, there's just, look. The world's waking up in terms of the way this is going to go, and it fits right in with the whole New World Order genre thing. The thing that they don't like about it is is that they can't control the Bitcoin. So they're, they're trying to do everything that they can to pass legislation to make the slaves understand that they can't use this thing without paying taxes on it. They want to lock down every single – a person is so that everybody has to conform to all kyc so they have to send identity with each transaction where it came from where the money came from all this kind of stuff that's what they're trying to do but you see you can't force anybody with bitcoin to do that because it's a peer-to-peer concept it's there's there's no way to stop a person from standing on a street corner and uh you know, offering Bitcoin for for something and somebody exchanges it for something else, you know, because you can you determine what the equivalent exchange is. It doesn't have to be a currency or anything else. It can be you got Bitcoin, he's got coffee, uh, <laughs> exchange it for some coffee and vice versa. So you can't control it. And uh, they don't they don't like that. But that's the thing that we got so excited about was is that we now have a means of maintaining our freedom because when you get in a battle with some of these guys and if you listen to, again, uh, our buddy up in Alaska and the court cases they're in, first thing these guys do is come in and lock down all your funds. Absolutely. You, you know, lose your job. Can do everything they can to yeah. squeeze financially, so you have no way to help let yourself. Let me
0: let me let me yeah. let me go back what? over the story here, uh, Cody, for your sake at least. Yeah,
1: last story. I didn't I didn't hear that that one
0: before. Well, hold on. Well, that's Ralph Winterroot. But I'm going to tell you the story about when John and Glenn first started teaching this, and the feds didn't even let them go six months before they raided all their offices. The main one was in Las Vegas. They had one out in Oregon, and I don't remember where the other one was. Salt Lake. They hit all three of them and Glenn was off in California and he called back in that morning and they did let somebody answer the phone but he could tell that something was wrong and so he immediately went to the bank and pulled out all their funds which they had not uh, garnished yet and so after the arrest and taking everything they had money to operate on and if that one thing wouldn't have happened I may not be here talking to you guys today.
1: Right. No, that's amazing. That's a great part about the Bitcoin, absolutely. Did you see the article I sent you about the journalist that was harassed in the Austin airport and how they, they basically said that Fourth Amendment does not apply when you're coming into the country? It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable how...
0: It's not. How, how no. carry and everything. No, is, no, no. Why? The, the Fourth Amendment doesn't apply to anybody. It has a v- illusion of applying. They have to have the illusion out there so they can pull this thing off. If they came in and told everybody, if they told everybody in the country when you turned 18, listen, you're in this servitude status and you really don't have access to the Constitution because you get all your rights from the 14th Amendment, not from God. They don't tell you that. They don't give you a disclaimer.
2: It's the same thing that you find in a all considered to be portals or international trade zones. So you're not in America when you're transiting from international zones to America. Uh, that disembarkation point airport for the hospital is foreign country taxes at international trade zone. Listen.
0: Uh, Cody, when you you've been to the post office lately. <coughs> yeah. Do you know when you walk in the post office, you're not in Indiana anymore?
1: You're in a federal federal property.
0: You're on. You're in Washington D.C., pal. Yeah. Well, he's in Washington D.C. anyway. Well, you're in D.C. politically, but when you step in a post office, you're in D.C. physically and politically. Right.
3: right. Yeah, I get. It. Yeah. Did you have you been paying attention to that? Battle that's been going on, where a bunch of uh, legislators walked out and the governor. Oh yeah, in guys, Oregon,
0: it's in Oregon. Do you guys know what's happening up there?
3: Tell it's them the if three you
1: know. percenters. So they've got guns. I know that are offering to protect them.
0: Well, they 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 went in. They're trying to force a twenty. Thirty agenda or one of these agendas down their throats and the Republican legislators filibustered for a while and finally they left. Evidently that's a precedent in Oregon and they've left town and went and hid out and then the governor comes back and yeah. says she's sending the state police after them and uh-huh. the legislatures say if they come we're going to shoot them and so it's no, quite he- a situation that's building out there says you better wow. become well armed. You better no, yeah. send send bachelors. That was, send bachelors. That's what he said. Right.
3: And he also made additional statements. Wow. He made additional statements about he is not going to be a slave.
2: It's important to cognize that's exactly the same thing they were doing when they had the constitutional actually the confederation of the states and they were meeting and they adjourned scene day and when they threw the southern states out of the conference on the Constitution and the addition of articles and amendment, they also sent out the military to conscript and bring them back in to force them to give the illusion of supporting the action. And this is exactly oh, what happened in they're doing it in the state just like they did it for the federal government in the South.
0: Cody, over there on my website, Sovereign to Serve, there's another uh, audio by Dr. Livingston from the Abbeville Institute on the passage of the 14th Amendment. Okay. I would highly advise you to listen to that hour-long interview or talk. There's some stuff in there that is startling. When they were trying to pull some of this off, even the new citizens of the United States inside the states were opposed to it.
1: Why, why do you say we don't have the Fourth Amendment, it's only the illusion?
0: Because that's a that's in the Constitution. Those are God-given protections. You don't have those rights. You're born as property under the 14th Amendment. You have civil rights. You don't have God-given rights. That's why. Well, they're called political rights. Yeah. No. the Well, the both of the rights together, civil and political, are the God-given ones. Right. Okay? Under the Fourteenth Amendment, all they did was give you civil rights. That's why you shouldn't pay any attention to all this political crap up there. You did—they didn't give you any political rights under the Fourteenth Amendment. They only gave you civil rights. The whole political thing what's, is political theater, man. It's political theater for the what's slaves. That,
2: what's critical to firm is that the Fourteenth Amendment, a small c federal citizen, for the language in the Fourteenth only has privileges. They're posed as rights. They give you the illusion that they have rights, but this is what they did for the black people and others, Indians not taxed, is they gave them privileges posed as rights. You've got to be able to discern the difference. That small C is radically diverse and contradictive to the capital C state nationals that they talk about. Uh, and, and,
0: And so is the capital R rights versus the small R civil rights. Pretty big difference there.
3: I uh,
5: I remember uh, reading about the Hatfields and McCoys, and when they went to court, they entered heavily armed. So I wonder what the bailiff had.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, John. Are, John, did you drop off? No, I'm here. Okay, okay. Your little picture has gone, no. and I couldn't. I didn't know what happened Is to it? you. No.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, you're, I you see your picture there, so you're still there. Okay, there you just popped up. No, this is, this is germane to what we're doing. And uh, the Bitcoin is just the currency that gives us the freedom to control our financial futures. Um, they are, Andreas Antonopoulos said, they were going to call us financial terrorists, they're criminals. They're going to try to do everything they can. But it doesn't really matter because they're never going to be able to control what, what's going to go on. There's just no possible way. Now, that's not true with all these other coins out there. They're all going to conform.
0: Well, here's a good new article that just popped up on Zero Hedge. Four big reasons that Bitcoin's price won't stop at twenty thousand this
3: time. No, it's not going to stop. It's it's going to continue to go up, and there's just a whole myriad of reasons. But you you, you realize that Bitcoin, when I'm talking be I would say, are you you familiar with Bitcoin? You know what Bitcoin is and stuff like that. And and they they would say, what what are you saying? Bit bit. Bitcoin, bit what? That's not happening anymore. That people are aware of the term, and so as you see the adoption rate, which you don't see here. In other words, the world is going in this direction. Even South but, America, especially South America. Anytime you find financial strife right now, they, there is a premium on Bitcoin. Prices go way up. Uh, the highest I've heard of was Iran. It was at twenty-four thousand. For one bitcoin, uh, it said uh, because that's do, that. do what he's cutting
0: out is so bad. Chris? Chris, it's just I swear your phone is just terrible, man. Try and
2: get it in. It,
0: what are you trying to say?
2: I was just saying, isn't that Gresham's law or something of that nature? Um, bad money law has bad to do money?
3: with the doubling of the technology, um, you well, know, like processing power, things no, like no, that. No, 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 no. Gresham's
0: law is bad money drives good money out of circulation.
3: Oh, that's, okay, different. Oh, it's Moore's but, Law, okay. that's right.
1: So,
3: Cody, is that you? Right, the, the, the big risk, though, is that, you know,
1: if a totalitarian government still raise your place and you've got this stored on a little drive and they find it, even if they don't have the code to access it, they, you're still not going to have access to your Bitcoin because you're surely not going to be able to memorize oh, with Cody that number. And Cody, string.
0: you don't know too much about it. Do you, yeah, do you, have you owned a Bitcoin yet?
1: No, because I'm okay. just gonna sort of Well, that, that, geez, well, that, like that hacked, you know? well, that, well then, no, not
0: everybody. No, not everybody's getting hacked. Let me tell you who's getting hacked. Exchanges are getting hacked, where people store their coins to make trades and keep their traded coins and leave them in that wallet. It's the same reason Willie Sutton robbed banks, because that's where the money is. Yeah.
1: They don't come hack your they don't
0: come hack your computer except in rare rare instances exchanges when
1: the government comes and they're totalitarian like say in Iran they come and raid, they raid your house and they know you've got it on your computer even if it's password protected Cody then you're Cody
0: not have Cody to it. Cody don't reach on all these what if scenarios that honestly the question you pose isn't even really practical if you understood the space
3: Cody yeah, how, how are they gonna
0: how, how, are they, how, how, a, how are they gonna, how are they gonna how are they gonna break into my bitclub network back office and steal my coins
1: Who knows I mean what happens if they do some legal maneuvering at their office and they force them to
0: that because they don't have do an office access. they don't have their office in the United States that's why Well, there is no office. There is no office anywhere. It's totally decentralized all over the globe.
3: Yeah.
1: Cody, the only websites.
3: Cody, none of that matters. The only only person who can give them the information is you, and if you don't want to give it to them, um, they can't get it. Now they can, they can target you. They can. Watch your Internet traffic. They can put Trojans on your machines and things like that. But as long as you maintain a proper protocol, use VPNs and other techniques, you're not, you're not putting all your, your keys and stuff out there all the time. That, that, that's an isolated event. And by the way, if you listen to Andreas Antonopoulos, which I highly recommend you do, especially for you. Um, he has quite a discussion about you know what people will do for freedom and he, he, and he talks about the Chinese who will memorize the 16 letter word key and they will they will not have their Bitcoin or anything available. They'll go across the border and deal with their Bitcoin. But all they have to do is to memorize their key and they have access to their code, their Bitcoin any place on the planet. It doesn't matter what computer it doesn't matter what location. You can lose those little storage units and you can go buy another one, pop your key in there, and it's all restored right there, instantaneously. Oh,
1: really? I didn't know that. Huh. Well, if there's not, a wallet
3: know, there's,
1: address, there's, you have to
0: I mean, there, there's a, you there's, there's, arguing. Yeah, I know, that's what I keep, yeah, you, know, you can, there's one app you can put on your phone that's a wallet, Cody, and if you're coming to Ecuador, for example, you could uh, erase the app from your phone come through, get up to your house, reinstall the app, and their coins are back.
3: Well, they didn't go anywhere. They're they're wherever you put
0: them. Well, see, the point is, they couldn't see the app to go in and ask the question.
3: Exactly. So,
1: so you have have a wallet address, and then you have, what, what, what what are the different codes that you'd have to memorize to do that?
3: Well, words like uh, fox and uh, rain and uh, gorge, things like that.
1: So you're in, you're encrypting the the wallet in, or?
0: Well, no, that yeah, you're just memorizing. Know. You're just memorizing your key to get in it. If you go the other with that app, you don't have to memorize anything. You just reinstall the app, and everything's back the way it was.
1: Well, I know not said that you should you know, you should always use an external device that, to store your Bitcoin is what he was recommending. He said. Well, uh, a lot of people do that. That's just a layer of protection. A
0: lot of people do that. We've but. been talking about it for years. There's a couple new ones on the market. You can print them. You can put them in your safe. You can memorize them. You can do any of that stuff, man.
1: Yeah, the neat part about it is it's potentially a a dep- instead of an inflationary currency, it's a depreciating currency as people That's right. die mm-hmm. and lose, you know.
3: That's right. Just
1: go up value. Well, it's
3: depreciating in the fact that it's limited in the distribution of it, the release of it. It started, the release right. when they did the mining was a 50 a fifty bitcoin award. It's down to 12.5, and in May 2020, it's going to six and a quarter. Um, the last coins will be released in the year 2140. But the thing is is that there's already the the amount of coin that's out there right now is very, very small um, because they've already lost like four or five million of them, maybe six million of them, and other people are losing them too. And um, because they are, it's it's all just uh, a lot of people have little pieces of coin. It just doesn't matter though, Cody, because there's there's twenty one trillion pieces of Bitcoin available. For everybody, but the point we're making is right now is, is now you literally can really create a financial dynasty for yourself because now you can get whole coins. You will not be able to get yeah. whole coins in the future, the maximum you're going to be able to own is a tenth of a bitcoin. Uh, oh, so okay. now is the time, um, John. Did yeah, you watch right.
0: that video that I got turned on to yesterday over on an SGT report? I sent it out to you and Kathy. It's uh, well, you can I go you go look at youtube it says 10 million dollar bitcoin Endgame." game have you watched that yet
3: no uh-uh. that is Hadn't wor- seen it
0: that's very good okay right. it's very good you guys need it up on the website
3: well we know it's going it, it, it's just a matter of time because still so few people around the world know about bitcoin yet or have actually started yeah. using it that this is why this opportunity exists right now.
0: You see, here's what a couple of things that were very interesting in that video that I had not really totally considered. And they've got some real, real big Wall Street analytical guy on there. He's got a tremendous background. We've seen his video before, John. I can't remember his name. He's a a oriental kind of oriented guy. And he's talking about what the real big thing that people are missing in the Bitcoin space is the millennials. The millennials are hep They've been growing up on all this stuff. They're very technological savvy. They've seen their parents get raped. Some of them have seen financially. They've seen their houses get repossessed. They've watched all of the disaster since 2008, and they don't want to put the money, the trillions they're going to inherit as, they, as their parents pass on. They don't want to put that in banks. They're savvier than that.
3: Mm-hmm yeah that 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 system is pretty much over as as Andrea says that this is a bank extinction event for the average person. They'll still be there doing something with businesses, but other than that, we don't have any need for banks Cody, do you know if you put one of those wallets
0: on your phone that you can do everything on your phone that a Swiss bank can do?
1: Oh yeah, there's no doubt, no doubt about that. Let me ask you, John, do I understand the mining properly that to mine coins, it's when the transactions are going through and then they're verifying the ledger? So in theory, if there's no Bitcoin transactions, then then there's no mining being done. Is that correct? Or are no. the ledgers always being...
0: Good. John, you want to explain the technical part of that?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, what mining is all about is is it creates the network, it processes the network... And it uh, verifies the network, secures the network. So the mining process is going to be there all the time because it's got to handle the transactions. It's got to update the ledger. That's what the block is. Every 10 minutes, one has to be placed into the system. And and in that process, it automatically is creating the ledger called the blockchain. That's all. So there's a record from the first Genesis coin mined. Uh, all the way to the present day. And all the nodes around the world have that. You can have a, a node running in your living room if you want to. <laughs> Cody, do you uh, know well, what it, yeah. this,
1: do, do, do They you know. were talking about though, the, the, big, the big miners have an advantage, though, because yep. they can complete a block a block quicker. And, and a lot of times they say if you're a small miner, you you don't end up completing a block in time? I I didn't quite understand the technical part. Well, understand
0: what they're trying to do is they're trying to solve a mathematical problem. That's the basis of mining. These mathematical problems, and all the computers are hooked up together, and they're all guessing at the solution, and approximately once every 10 minutes, one of the computers does the correct guess. Go ahead, John.
3: Yeah, they're given the answer. This is what the answer to the problem is. Now, what's the problem? Tell us how to solve the problem. And that's what the computers do. And the reason that you need these massive numbers of computers is because all of these computers do calculations in trillions of a second. And so they can try multiple scenarios. And, and when you have a whole bunch of computers working together, you have more more people on your team. It's just like having you know, 100,000 men on your team all doing, working in, on a piece of that problem, and the first one that so, gets it wins. Yeah.
1: So if you're a small miner that doesn't complete the block, then you get nothing. Basically, that so that's what they yeah, were saying do. in the
0: article. You get you don't get the reward. You get when you solve the problem, you get a reward. That's what this having thing comes to, that John was mentioning. When it started, every time oh, wait, Paul, point God, is God almighty, Cody. When it started, every time a computer solved the problem, they got a reward of 50 Bitcoin. That went on for two years, then it halved. And then they got 25 Bitcoin when they solved the problem. And that went along a few years and it halved. And it's at 12 and a half now. I understand that. Okay, well, that's the halving. And the bonus is tied to solving the problem.
3: Yeah. The, one, yeah. the one the one that uh, wins, solves the problem wins the right to place the block and gets the award. That's all. Yeah. Now, it goes further than I that. Have
5: que- I have a question about... There's <laughs> transactions, these, too, uh, right? Uh, yes.
0: Yeah. Samuel, you had a question? Was that yeah. used?
5: I, I've got a, a question about encryption. I, I don't know anything about it, but I, this is what I've heard. I understand it's all based on prime numbers because there's no way to logically... Um, select or know where they're going however there's a guy who says that he has now have a formula to predict prime numbers
3: yeah well if he has if it worked if it worked wait a minute the sha 256 algorithm has never been broken
5: you should talk to James McKinney. He's a physicist and a mathematician, taught at Cornell. Yeah. He's the guy who put a book out. The first time he put the book out, a lot of this hacking happened. And he's got a new book out about prime numbers.
3: Well, they're hacking passwords. They're not hacking the uh, crypto uh, cryptography. Security.
5: Well, that's my question. I, I'm not smart enough to even know about it. I'm just putting oh. a heads out. That, uh James McKinney, uh, I think
3: it's uh, James McKinney. There, there's all this speculation out there about what they're going to maybe be able to do, but uh, it's working just fine. Nobody's been able to crack it at all. Okay. Nobody's even close to cracking if, it. If that was going to
0: happen, I would dare say, Samuel, you wouldn't have all of the huge corporate and establishment involvement getting into the space the way they are.
5: Well, I don't think too many people listen to James McKinney because he's he, he's been censored since YouTube came out.
3: Let me tell you something. Andreas can pick up the phone and call him any time he damn well pleases. <laughs> I don't care what he th- – th- these guys that are going and working in this space are a very small universe. And most of them know each other. And they get together all the time in different locations, and they sit there and have their little conversations and discussions. Uh, There is the public face of what you get through the news media and what you hear, and then there's the reality of what's actually going on. I'm not even privy to any of that stuff. Um, At some point, I am going to be in the middle of it, but I'm not a techie guy. I'm not going to figure out, and I'm not going to go trying to figure out all the mathematics associated with this thing. That's just not my bailiwick. i got more things I want to do. Um, but understand that this is a, a system that is going to exist for some time. And all we really want to do is educate you on what's going on with Bitcoin and what the potential is. Now, it's true. Okay. We could lose all our money tomorrow. We, it could all go down the tubes. But that's the same thing you're dealing with everything. Your, your country I mean, can you know, disappear we could, tomorrow.
0: We got one of the biggest meteor storms in the universe. About We're about to go through it. It's caused all kind of damage in the past. The earth might not be here after we get through, but I, you can't play what-if games. I don't play what-if. I play what is.
3: I rejected Bitcoin when it first came out. Because I felt like I could lose the money in my computer. It's because I didn't know what I didn't know. Now that I'm, that I'm looking at the system that we have, I've realized that you don't own anything. You have no possession and no rights. And they force you into these situations which you don't have any training in law. You don't even know how our government works because you've been denied that information. And so all of a sudden, you're in trouble, and you don't even know what to do about it, and you go to a lawyer. Well, the lawyer is not there for you. The lawyer is there to intervene between you and the court, and not in your favor. He is the enemy spy. He's there to
1: represent you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he is, and that's why you are deaf, dumb, and blind, and you are dependent. You are not capable. Uh, you are incapacitated legally, and you can't speak. He has to speak. Therefore, the information that would free you never gets to the judge. Here, here. In fact, if you hire an
2: attorney, you're testifying that you're incompetent, exactly. and an incompetent can't speak for himself.
3: So, the main thing is is to learn what Bitcoin is, what it does how it helps you, how you can use it. And there's this thing called mining that you can participate in and uh, everybody can work together to do this. It's just a, a, a belief system. And if you read the Bitcoin standard, chapter seven, nine and ten, you don't have to read the whole book if you don't want to. You don't even have to do that. Just go to YouTube and start listening to and talk about it as an economist. Um it, 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 it solves a lot of problems for people in that you now can own something, although you must realize that as a U.S. citizen, literally you don't own anything. But once you have this, they can't really take it from you. Now, can they make you sorry you don't give it to them? Maybe. They can oh, do what they're doing to Chris. By the
0: way, Cody, um, Bitcoin has already been ruled private property in the courts
3: well it's been ruled a form of property and canada declares that it's a commodity and, and so what is, that's what's
1: the legal significance of that
3: well they they can, they can control property oh. you know they they give a capital gain treatment on the tax basis but then they then they put the rules out there that are impossible to to uh, do it Uh, There are computer systems being designed for taxpayers so that they're going to be able to pay the taxes on it. The point is, is that once you begin learning about all of this stuff that you find out that just just by having small interactions with a a code enforcement issue, (laughs) they come on your land and you think you have private property there and you don't. You have residential property there, which is a commercial term. Therefore, it's in their domain. And, and you're right. a resident,
0: and you're a resident, which means all the administrative national regulations apply to you.
2: Right. So, and being a joint tenant in common is
3: a renter. So now you find out that, hey, the world isn't as it seemed. You know, Cody, it's the old Mark Twain thing.
0: We said it, we mentioned it a couple of times last week. It ain't what I know that's killing me. It's what I know that ain't so.
1: Know that ain't so. Yep, I remember you saying that.
3: Hey, buddy, I got to cut out of here. Okay. It's
1: okay.
0: Well, John, thanks connection. for coming and sharing a little time with Good us. Good to see you. And uh, thank you. Well, uh, they're going to John and Kathy. I suppose I'm, I'm assuming Kathy's going to be with you over on the next hour no, uh,
3: with Jim Ram. Kathy's, okay. uh, Kathy's daughter is having a baby, and that's what that's what's. her. just. All she just had a new
0: baby a couple of months ago
3: that was the son had oh
0: okay this is a dog well there's okay there's well it's the the population rate isn't decreasing in kathy's family and we'll have to (laughs) tell her congratulations but john will be on with jim ram here that follows me i never promote jim enough uh the next hour and if you want to stick around and you've got other questions you can query them in that venue here the next hour isn't that right
3: Uh, Yeah, sure, and we'll have some other people on with me that will be uh, joining from different locations. It's always an interesting show, usually.
0: Yep. Well, we're happy to have Jim on board. Okay, we'll see, John. Thank you. Um, Are you going to disconnect me? Well, you can hang up. Do I just do it? You want me to do it? Yeah, just hang up. Um, And uh, we'll see you next week. Talk to you between. Uh, and uh, let me tell you how happy I am to work with that guy right there, John Kassarab. In the early days of this, I'm going to tell this story on John for you, those of you who don't know it and don't know him. In the early days when I first met John, he heard me on those initial broadcasts on RBN with Jeff Bennett. And he had a mess of problems. California tax board, driving, chickening, tax problems, IRS stuff. He had all that going on. His wife had cancer and subsequently died. And he had rental property that was hers that they're having problems with and all that. And what John would do is any time I was ever on any other venue or on the air, John would tape those programs and go in and edit the spots out, and, and we compiled a mailing list, and we'd resend those problems out. And he put all his really big problems on the back burner to turn around and help this effort right here, and all of John's uh, efforts are part of the reason we've or uh, where we are. Okay, so I told him back then, I said, man, I can't pay you because I don't have any cash flow, but it, down the road at some point, man, I'll bend over backwards to help repay you for what you've done, okay? And John Cacero is as dependable and stable and predictable a guy. He's the kind of guy, Cody, My, I have a, a line of demarcation with people that I let get close to me, Okay. And the line is this, would I put my back against theirs in a foxhole? Okay, and John Kassarab would be right there. Uh, so there's our whistler today. If you wanna learn more about BitClub Network, listen to John and Glenn, uh, John and Jim, excuse me, there next. And uh, appreciate the stimulating discussion today and all of you, you participated. And we'll be back tomorrow. I'd like to talk about that booklet tomorrow that Daryl mentioned. And because uh, it's got a lot of good law stuff in it. I'll try and get you a copy, Cody, and uh, I would encourage everybody to go to YouTube and look up this $10 million Bitcoin end game and I'll put the link at the bottom of today's show description on CastBox. So thank all y'all for being with me. Have a great day, and we'll go at it again tomorrow. See you then. Ciao, ciao, hombres.
2: Hasta la vista, baby. Adiós, muchachos. Adiós. From beautiful, Hello.
0: beautiful Ecuador. Hasta mañana.